Hello, everyone. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, welcome to the session. Uh, my name is uh, Harshal Pimpalkate. I'm a senior product manager with uh, Amazon Lex. Um, in today's session, uh, we want to walk you through how you can use Amazon Lex uh, to integrate with a interactive voice response system, also known as a IVR. And uh, specifically, we want to cover uh, how Genesis has integrated with Amazon Lex uh, to, to provide uh, this solution. And uh, with me on stage, I have today uh, Jack Nichols, uh, the Director of Product Management, uh, Genesis. And uh, Darren, he's from uh, Emite. Uh, the, the Emite is using the solution. So we're going we're gonna to cover the architecture. We're going to talk about um, what problems it solves and, uh, and some of the uh, underlying mechanisms. So um, I'm, I'm sure all of you have had this uh, experience. You call up your bank, and uh, the voice on the other side goes, uh, press or say one uh, to check uh, your bank balance. Uh, press or say two uh, to order checks. And uh, this goes on for like nine options. And by the time you're on the ninth option, you've forgotten what the first option uh, said. Uh, and uh, this, this, is a, this is an experience that we are trying to uh, improve on. Um, wouldn't, we, wouldn't it be great if, if you could just, uh, using natural language, uh, tell uh, the voice on the other side what, what is it that you really want to do? So for example, if you could just say, hey, I want to check my bank balance. And, and, and sure, the voice on the other side goes, yes. Is it checking your savings? And, and so on. So that, that's exactly the um, interaction that we're trying to accomplish uh, using uh, Amazon Lex and, and Genesis Pure Cloud. So with, with that, uh, let me uh, uh, jump in and, and provide you uh, with a quick overview of, uh, of what Lex is. Uh, we launched this service a year ago at reInvent. It's a service that you use to uh, build conversational interfaces, uh, also known as chatbots, using uh, voice and text. Uh, it's powered by the same uh, technology as uh, Alexa. Uh, so you use, uh, we use the same speech recognition and uh, natural language understanding stack as, uh, as Alexa. Uh, as you might be familiar, uh, these are some of the most uh, complicated problems in uh, computer science today. Um, you need uh, uh, knowledge of sophisticated algorithms. You need uh, access to massive amounts of data. You need um, access uh, to a lot of infrastructure to uh, implement uh, something like this. Uh, with Lex, uh, we, are, uh, we are putting the power of Alexa in the hands of developers. Um, and by doing so, we're essentially democratizing the deep learning technologies. So that's, that's what uh, Lex is. Uh, it's, a, it's a complete solution. So you can uh, convert from speech to text. So we have a speech recognition engine built in. Um, also, uh, we have dialogue management. And I'll talk a little bit more about this. You, you can engage in a dialogue with the end user. So you can have uh, a multi-turn conversation where you elicit information and then um, uh, fulfill uh, the, the goal of the conversation. Uh, our philosophy is uh, you, should be able to uh, you should be able to build once and deploy multiple times. So you build a bot uh, for, let's say, for, for speech. You should be able to deploy it on a different modality, let's say text. Um, also, you should be able to deploy it on multiple platforms. So you can start off with mobile, but you should, be, uh, you should, you should have it on, or you should have the capability of deploying it on um, uh, Facebook, uh, Messenger, uh, let's say um, Slack or Twilio, or, or most recently Kik. So, so that's the deployment piece. Uh, Lex uh, is a completely managed service, um, so you don't have to worry about scaling it uh, as, your, as, your, as your demand goes up. Uh, we do that for you. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's, got, it's a fully managed, scalable service. Um, also, uh, we natively integrate with uh, AWS Lambda. So uh, uh, if you want to implement your validation logic or any kind of business logic uh, or even the fulfillment piece, that can be implemented using AWS Lambda. Uh, third, um, or, or the next piece is, is the security. Uh, we encrypt uh, the user utterances in transit and at rest. Uh, also, we provide uh, analytics uh, so you can track uh, the user utterances as they're coming through the system. You can track the number of text requests, the number of speech requests. You can monitor um, utterances that are not recognized by Lex for whatever reason. Uh, and you can, you can use these utterances to, to figure out uh, ways to improve your uh, chatbot over a period of time. Um, and finally, uh, we have uh, text-to-speech, which is inbuilt. So we natively integrate with Amazon Poly, 
uh, which is another uh, AWS service. Uh, we natively integrate with Amazon Polly uh, to uh, convert any responses that are going out from the chatbot to the end user uh, uh, from text to speech. So, so that's, uh, that's Lex in a nutshell. Now, what, what does an interaction look like? Uh, let's, let's, let's use an example. Um, let's say a user uh, wants to book a hotel, and the user says book a hotel in, in New York City, and this is speech input. Uh, this will, uh, Lex will convert this to text using the speech recognition engine. So these, uh, the sentence is converted to five words, uh, book a hotel in NYC. Um, next, uh, Lex will apply the natural language understanding models to um, figure out the intent of, of the spoken words. Uh, in this case, uh, the intent was hotel booking, and there was uh, some important information that, that came along with it, which was uh, the, the name of uh, the, the city, the New York City. Uh, and that's, that's also uh, gleaned from, from that, that user utterance. Um, or, over the next few turns of the conversation, Lex engages in a dialogue and figures out other information. For example, check-in date, uh, check-out date, um, or uh, you know, the room type. And, and it gets that information uh, and prompts for confirmation. Uh, so it prompts, uh, can I go ahead with the booking? Um, the user says yes, and then the transaction is fulfilled. So that's, that's, the, um, uh, that's a sample interaction. You can, you can make this as, as um, uh, comprehensive as you want. This is uh, just a simple example uh, to give you uh, a sense for what a Lex conversation looks like. Now, how do you build how do you build such a chatbot? Um, before I talk about that, um, I want to uh, take a quick moment to describe uh, some terminology. Uh, so when you engage in a conversation, typically you, uh, you want to meet some goals. Uh, so let's say you're booking a trip. Uh, you, want to, uh, you may want to book a hotel. You may want to book, a, book your flight tickets. Uh, you may want to book your uh, car rental. So the, right there, you have three goals. These goals are what we call intents. Um, and, and what you see here is one such intent, the book hotel intent. Now, to express this intent, the user might say or type uh, certain phrases. So they might say, I want to book a hotel, I want to make a hotel reservation, or I want to book a room. And, and these are what we call sample utterances. So we take these sample utterances from the developer and build a language model. And that's, that's how the language model comes to be, uh, based, based on the developer-defined utterances. Uh, next. Uh, as, as the conversation evolves, you need uh, information to fulfill the intent. So for example, in case of booking the hotel, you need the check-in date, check-out date, and that's what we call slots. Uh, and slots are the pieces of information necessary to fulfill the intent. And finally, is the fulfillment itself. So um, uh, you can either have a server-side fulfillment through AWS Lambda, or you could have a client-side fulfillment if you return all the parameters uh, to the client. So that's, uh, uh, that's some terminology. Uh, now let's uh, take a quick look at how you would build uh, such a bot. Uh, here, first you define uh, the sample utterances. Uh, and uh, we typically recommend that you provide like 15 to 20 uh, sample utterances. And those are sufficient uh, for us to build a language model. Uh, you don't have to provide an exhaustive list of all the different possible combinations. Uh, 15 to 20 is sufficient, and uh, that allows us to extrapolate uh, to match to a variation of one of the sample utterances if the user doesn't say something exactly the same. Second, you define the uh, slots, uh, the pieces of information that I, that I mentioned uh, earlier. You define the location, you define um, the check-in date, the number of nights you want to stay, and uh, also the room type. Uh, quick call out over here. Uh, Lex provides uh, something uh, called predefined resources, or uh, you know, what we call built-in slot types. And uh, uh, an example here is uh, the, uh, the city. So when you're defining your location, uh, you can use Amazon.us city uh, to, uh, to define the slot type. Uh, for uh, number of nights, you can use Amazon.number. And, and think of these as uh, uh, curated uh, set of, uh, uh, think of this as a curated set of data. Uh, so curated, a curated list of uh, cities that you can select from uh, as you define your language model. At the same time, you can also have your own custom slot types. Uh, for example, uh, uh, room type values. Uh, and, and you can have uh, king, queen, or uh, deluxe in there. So, so uh, a custom slot type is also uh, doable at the same time. 
Uh, next, uh, you define the interaction with the bot. So you define uh, the prompts to elicit information. Um, and here, uh, these are a set of questions. Uh, what city will you be staying in? Or uh, what, uh, how many nights will you be staying? And so on. Um, you define prompts to, to confirm the transaction. Um, so uh, I have you for so many nights uh, at, at this city, uh, checking in on a certain date. Can I go ahead and uh, make uh, make the booking uh, or the reservation? So, so that's um, that's the confirmation prompt, and finally the fulfillment. So you can fulfill, like I said, on the lambda, or you can return uh, the parameters back to the client. So, that's uh, uh, that's Amazon Lex in a nutshell, and uh, uh, I want to invite uh, Jack to the stage and and what Genesis has done is they've taken Amazon Lex and integrated it into a pure cloud contact center solution. Um, and Jack is going to describe uh, the details over here. Jack. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Harshal. So uh, like I said, Harshal introduced me. My name is Jack Nichols. I run a product team uh, focused basically on building custom solutions with our joint partners, such as Amazon. So we try to understand what our customer needs are and things outside of our platform, and then we work with our partners to build things out. So there's me. Um, I work for a company named called Genesis. If you're in the contact center space, you probably know who Genesis is. But if you're not, you know the high level is we do. Uh, we are the market leaders in the prem and cloud world. Uh, pretty much, if you've called a major company, you've probably been on one of our customer service solutions in the back end, uh, working with a company, whether it be through email, through web chat, through social. But more importantly today, I want to talk about PureCloud. So PureCloud is the solution we integrated with Lex. And PureCloud was born about two and a half years ago. We went GA. And it was actually a complete rewrite in the cloud. So complete microservices architecture written on top of Amazon, uh, basically to allow us to scale. So it is cloud first, API first, all in the cloud, which actually made the uh, integration with Lex a lot easier. So before I go any further, kind of wanted to, you know, what are we trying to solve here? You know, one of the nice part is everyone in this room has probably had a bad customer service experience. You know, I know I've had lots of calls. I have two young children that run around the background. So if anything's ever looking for words, it picks up some of the more interesting words that are probably said in my house at different times. You know, but, you know, so we've seen this and we've seen more and more technology come out, but it still has some limitations, as Harshal kind of mentioned earlier. So just for those that aren't familiar with it, I wanted to walk through a little bit of the evolution of some of the IBR technologies that have been out there. And what are the challenges with it? What are we actually trying to solve here? So if you actually go back early days um, to Bell Labs, you know, they came out with DTMF actual um, signaling. So if you think about it before, it used to be, and we've all seen the pictures of the huge switchboards and the people actually working there. So if someone called in, they answered it and they had to transfer the call. But when we came out with DTMF, it allowed us to start saying, you know, press one for sales, press two for support, and at least start to get customers to the right division within a company. So they didn't know exactly where they're going, but it got them a little bit closer. From there, you know, CTI or computer telephony interfaces started emerging. So now we could take information from the DTMF that was input along with other data sources, and we could start to put that together and start to figure out okay, well, they want to go to support, and it's for this product, so I can start to get a little bit more close to where I actually need to put a customer to solve their problem. And then we started seeing more and more keyword recognition. We've all had that. We've all had, you know, the old days when, you know, say your uh, social security number, you know, for your bank account and those kind of pieces, where if you got one number wrong or it picked up something in the back, it had challenges. So it, it was another leap forward because it gave us more options than zero through nine, but it still had some limitations. And what we see is we see natural language understanding really kind of being the next evolution of IVR-based technology. And it's really for a few reasons, and Herschel mentioned a few of them earlier. But really, you know, one, you know, I always look at my kids. You know, they have Alexas, and, you know, they're used to talking to things now. You know, when the iPhones first came out and they were two, they'd go up to a screen, and if it didn't react, they got really, really upset. Now they're starting to get the same way about the voice, you know. Pretty soon they'll be talking to their toothbrush, I'm pretty sure, trying to make sure they, it tells us they brush their teeth. Um, so everyone's getting more and more used to those telephony, you know, those voice interfaces. The other thing for context centers specifically, natural language understanding, we've got all these channels that are emerging. So whether it be web chat, whether it be voice, whether it be, you know, whatever the newest social media is, I'm not up to date. You know, I was just in Japan and Line's a huge thing there. 
But call centers are just trying to keep up with all that. So using natural language understanding, we start to be able to apply a single conversational flow across any of these. So I don't care what new social media platform comes out. I can take that and I can apply it across and make it really easy to continuously adopt new technology. So one of the things for Genesis, one of the big areas that we kind of focus is what we call you know, blended AI. So when we look at things such as Lex, we look at what's going on, we see a really big benefit of figuring out how to blend AI with humans. You know, so if you think about a chatbot, we've probably all used them online. There's, there's certain limitations. There's certain things that it can do really well. There's certain things that it doesn't need to do very well. So you know, with Lex, one of the things we wanted to build right from the beginning was, hey, if Lex can't solve this, we want to be able to have Lex pass an interaction off to an actual human. So if you, someone gets on, because there's nothing worse than when you're trying to chat with something and it doesn't solve your problem and it just keeps telling you, I don't understand, I don't understand. You know, it just tends to piss you off a little bit. So what we want to do is make sure that if a bot can't solve a problem, that it can hand off to a human. And then we also want to be able to take all that data on the bot's performance and the human performance and pull it together. Because if you think about the AI technology such as Lex, we all want to look at how is that performing? Is it making customers happy? Is it not making customers happy? You know, is it passing off the data appropriately to the customer? Is it passing off to the agent when it should? So we want to make sure that all flows into a single common interface. And then really it goes back into then using that to educate. So you know, whether it be a human having to take a new class to learn more about a technology, whether it be you know, a bot that needs to have more sample utterances given to it so that it can understand and do more, you know, and feed that right back into that loop. So, you know, our premise is that as we keep doing that over and over, that cycle will just continuously make the bots better. It'll make the humans better. You know, make sure that the customers have a good experience. And that brings us to Lex. So, you know, when we looked at, you know, talking with Harshal a few months ago, um, we really saw the benefit of Lex to actually, one of the big things for us was to democratize being able to make AI available to contact centers. You know, our solution solves contact centers from you know, 20 agents to we have thousands of agents. But when you look at certain things like natural language understanding, it's really expensive to get started. A lot of companies are scared to do that. You know, it's a huge investment right up front. You know, with Lex, it made it very easy. I mean, you know, we'll show an architecture here of a call flow in a minute. And, you know, we were able to set that call flow up in a matter of less than a day using Lex, something that before would have cost about a million dollars in three months just to get to the place we got within 24 hours. So that's a really big thing, and that simplicity is also huge because you know, everyone talks about wanting to use this, but then they get scared when you start talking about how to get to it and how to use it and how to leverage it. So we, you know, one of the things that we liked about Lex was it's very, very simple from that perspective. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about technical architecture because I am in product, so I'm ready to talk tech. So this right here is a high-level architectural diagram of how we've actually integrated our media in with Lex to date, and I'll actually walk through a flow and show how data actually flows through all the services. But you know, some of the key things here is we actually have multiple VPCs that run our technology from our core services to our media VPC to a customer's own Lex instance so that they can pull bots back and get information. Um, you know, we also have a carrier VPC where we actually run our own interconnected VoIP. So we can bring all that together, and we can also segment that data so that you know, when you look at things like compliance in the US, you look at things like GDPR in Europe, that we can, you know, sufficiently support those models. And again, I'll walk through this and show an actual diagram of how data actually flows through this. But before I do that, so the uh, demo we're gonna show here in a minute, um, you know, is a use case for our, our good customer and partner, Emite, and how they wanna be able to implement Lex to manage some of their support pieces. Um, so this is just a high-level representation of the call flow. We'll go more detailed here. But if you think about it, the way it works today is a call comes in, and when that call hits an 800 number or there's a local DID2, it's immediately going to look at the ante of that call. It's going to dip that against a Salesforce, uh, sorry, a Zendesk instance and verify if that user is an, a known user or not. If it's an unknown user, it's going to prompt them to put in their phone number and try to match them if it can before we pass it off to the bot. We want to make sure that we have a validated users before we start passing things over to uh, the Lex service and having them do all sorts of fun stuff. Once we've validated the user, we'll pass that off to the bot and we'll have the bot try to determine what the intent is, understand the right slots it needs to populate to pass that data back to PureCloud. And then based upon what we get from the bot, it'll actually pass back and then we'll execute the rest of a call flow. 
and again, we're going to walk through the configuration of this in a little bit, and I'll actually show because I'm in product, so I don't like slideware. I like to actually see things working. So, so this is a actual representation. So that last call flow was the high-level flow. This is actually how it's working through our services. So when a customer comes in and they publish a new call flow that's using Lex services, it's going to push a VXML file down to what we call our edge services, which is where it keeps the customer-specific logic on how to manage their calls, how to manage their flows. Once, that's, once a call comes in, then, it's going to terminate into our telecom uh, group. So we'll have the SIP and RTP will come in there. It'll look and say, oh, well, this needs to go to customer XYZ. And it'll actually take the SIP down to the customer's specific edge instances. And then it will park the media on our media tier that's going to be able to do all the processing and bring all the audio out. Once the edge services determines who that is, what it should be doing, it's going to communicate with the media tier to tell it, hey, accept this call, and here's how you need to go about processing that call within the media services. It's then going to synchronize everything about this interaction up to what we call our conversation services. So we know all about the state. We know what it's doing. We know what's going on for analytics. So it's going to continuously update that throughout the rest of the life of the call. Then if the media services says, hey, I'm supposed to send this off to Lex, we actually have an integration services that he will reach out to. So Lex will reach, or sorry, the media services will reach out to the integration services and say, hey, I need to access Lex. I need the credential information to be able to pass this call off to the Lex service and what bot I should pass it to. We then actually establish a REST connection into Lex uh, with a 16-bit audio stream that goes into Lex, uh, which is how we actually get the intent, the slots, and then that data is passed back to PureCloud, which into our media services, which then is synchronized back into our edge services. At any point, if you know, in the flow we have, if a customer says emergency, we don't really want it to sit there in a bot, or if a customer says, I need to talk to an agent, at any point they say that, it's going to actually interrupt that flow. It's going to then reach out to our assignment services and say, okay, who, what human should I send this to? And then we'll actually establish audio and SIP down to the uh, customer's WebRTC station. So that way we can also, we can facilitate as much as we can with the bot, but again, we have that human-bot interaction, so if we need to pass that off to a human, we can easily do that within there. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Darren really quick from Emite uh, to talk about why they were willing to be our beta guinea pig for this, and then I'll come back up and we'll actually walk through the config and play some demos that we recorded. So yeah, um, thanks everyone for turning up. I'm, uh, I've flown in from Australia, so uh, I've had a long flight and I've uh, come in for today. Thanks guys for having me. Um, I guess the reason that we're here is because Emite is a, uh, it's an analytics platform that runs on Amazon in the cloud. It's true, multi-tenanted, um, it's real-time, it's historical, provides KPIs and SLAs. But what Emite does is provides correlation, cross-correlation between different technologies. And I guess if you look at the, what, what these guys have done here in combining their technologies, it's a true end-to-end -end business process. But at the end of the day, um, the customers and the business, they want to know what's happening from their perspective. You know, you set all this infrastructure up, but how do I know what's going on right now? How do I improve that business? And how do I give that information to the right people at the right time? So because Emite's multi-tenanted, uh, you're able to share screens, dashboards, and wallboards across multiple users. And we're working with Pure Cloud and have been for, I guess, the last two years as their preferred real-time dashboard solution. So, you know, their customers will run Emite across, you know, multiple divisions uh, and every manager, um, every agent uh, and all the business units will have their own, their own wallboard. So for us to give a true end-to-end -end story to involve the Lex to be able to say, okay, so how many utterances were there? How many were successful? How many got handed off? So that you can actually improve the performance of the business. But then also bring in information from your sales system, so from Salesforce or your service management platform from ServiceNow or from whatever tool it is to be able to give that true end-to-end -end visibility to the, to the people that really need that information. So from our perspective and from our customers, you know, you can do historical reporting, but you also need real-time information. You need to be able to see what's happening right now. You need to be able to deliver KPIs that are specific to the user and then be able to change dates and drill down. So um, I guess that, that's the story that Emite's adding to this, and, and that's why we were really keen to get involved, because we're already working with Pure Cloud. We really like the Lex technology. And because Emite does run on the cloud or on-premise, once we build the integrations for Pure Cloud, we build the integration with Lex, it's basically reusable. 
So whatever we're building for one customer is available to every customer. So the, the dashboards, the wallboards, and SLAs and KPIs, once you've done that integration, um, that visibility will be made available straight away to every different customer. So thanks for your time, and I'll hand back over. Awesome. So again, I'm in product, so I'm done with slides. I'll let Harshal take that. And I want to show some actual configuration here. If I can get in my laptop. Awesome. So again, you know, to make everything real, I wanted to actually walk through uh, how we configured everything, how we set it up both on the Lex side, on the PureCloud side, walk you through those flows, and then um, we actually have a demo at the end I'll play of the actual call flows working. So this is working. Uh, we did turn off some of the numbers because being at Amazon, I expected people just to start calling it nonstop and just hammering the system. So, um, so we did turn off those. But you know, what we did to start off with is we created a very simple bot. And when I say we, I created this as a non-technical person. So again, it goes back to that simplicity part of you know, Amazon Lex is very simple. So we created one called Emite Support Bot. Very simple, you know, unique custom name. So what we ended up doing is, is talking with Darren's team, and you know, there's kind of three main scenarios um, that we wanted to solve. There's a fourth we're getting ready to solve here shortly, but three main scenarios we wanted to solve, which was people calling in to create a new ticket, people calling in to get what's the latest status update of my ticket, and people calling to say, oh, God, we're down. Help me, please, please, please. So we kind of set up with those three intents, and those were our model to start with for uh, doing this as a beta in the US. So, if you look, what we did is we created three intents, so create ticket, emergency, and get ticket status. We then, um, you know, Harshal talked about having some predefined um, slot information. We actually ended up having to create some custom slot information, uh, which was, uh, you know, a good thing we had to do because since we were looking at ticket information, which is a little bit different than the number, you know, and some of these are more literal strings. So what we did was we actually went to some real tickets and went out and basically put in a bunch of training data under each of these areas so that it knew what to listen for. So that way, you know, not only could someone call in, but they could actually call in and say a more succinct if, uh, information on what's actually going on with their uh, situation. So we went through and we did training on all these different pieces, um, you know, and then also did some that are slot values so that we could actually make it easy along with synonyms because everyone talks a little bit differently. So we went through and put a large amount of training data in there um, and then made sure, as you know, Harshal showed earlier, make sure we mapped our slots. So we got all the slot information. We can pass that all. Uh, emergency just listens for emergency information and basically passes of what service is broken so we can quickly get that to an agent. We don't want to sit there and keep prompting you for information while you're actually having an emergency. That's not going to make you happy. And then ticket, you know, get ticket number. So pretty simple. Um, you know, and then for us, the way that customers will turn this on is we actually will make, our goal is to make it very, very simple. So customers will be able to actually come in here, find the Amazon Lex piece. When we make this active, there'll just be an install button here. They'll be able to click, and immediately it'll install the actual integration with Lex and PureCloud, and then you'll just have to provide an IAM role for Lex to actually go out there. Now, one note, you have to do Lex and Poly, I learned. So... So make sure you, when you go do that, and we'll have a whole document on how to do it. And then, you know, once you get in, it's, it's very simple. So um, what our teams did, as soon as you actually get in and have the Lex integration set up, you'll actually get a new toolkit. So in here, there's actually a new toolkit item just called Call LexBot. You pull that down into your call flow, and all you have to do is pull that down. There's a drag down. It'll hit the Lex API, show you what bots have been published and available within your service, and then you just choose one. It then automatically will map all intents as different areas of the call flow, and it'll actually provide all the slot data so that you can map variables within you know, the actual pure cloud side to those slot uh, values provided back by the Lex team. So made it very simple from that. So our goal is, again, simplicity. We want people to be able to easily use this. So you know, when you pull this bot over, all I had to do is choose the bot name and the bot alias, and immediately it creates all these sections here, which I can hide if I want you to keep it a little bit simpler. So if you want to do a bot with seven or eight intents and you want to start building out more complexity, you can do that. So in here you can see we have the create new ticket. That was one of the intents to get ticket status and the emergency. So again, made it very, very simple from that perspective. 
So with that, I'm going to actually see if I can play the demo for you really quick. I apologize, it doesn't look the best on the screen, but... here is we'll walk through all three of those use cases I just showed you. Thank you for calling the EMI support line. I was unable to identify your account from your phone number. Please enter your registered support phone number. Thank you, Jack Nichols for calling the EMI support line. How can our team help you? Open a new ticket. I can help you with that. What type of assistance do you need? Examples are incident, questions, or services. Question. What priority should I assign to this ticket? Hi. Normal or minor? Minor. What service do you need assistance with? Agent dashboard. Please provide a short description of your problem for our technician. Delays in agent metrics. Okay. Please verify that you would like to open a new minor priority question ticket. Yes. Ticket number 1807 was created for you. Please check your email for updates and to add additional support details on this ticket. That was the actual ticket that was created. Thank you, Jack Nichols, for calling the EMI support line. How can our support team help you? I need to check on my ticket. What is your ticket number? 1807. Please confirm that you are calling about ticket number 1807. Yes. Your case number 1807 with priority was updated at 2017-11-22-T-O-N-18-02-Z with the note. Jack, can you tell me what metrics are being delayed and the duration of the delay? Oops. There we go. Technical difficulties. Your case number 1807. With priority was updated at 2017-11-22-T-O-N-18-02-Z with the note. Jack, can you tell me what metrics are being delayed and the duration of the delay? For some reason, there's missing video there, but... So, basically went out, I put notes in there, called Thank in, you. and immediately Jack read that back. Calling the EMI support line. How can our support team help you? I'm having a system down emergency. What EMI service is currently impacted? Agent dashboard. Transferring you to our emergency support. So immediately when it understands the intent is an emergency, it transfers me out and gets there. Now, and so to give you an idea, I mean, this was all done um, actually from a conference room using a WebRTC phone in Japan calling all the way back to the U.S. So, you know, this is actually up and running and working, you know, and verified, hence why at the end you saw it said Tokyo, Japan on the, uh, the number there. Great. So with that, I'm going to hand it back to Herschel to kind of talk about some of the detailed technical pieces. Sure. Thank you, Jack. All right. Uh, so... 
In the, in the next uh, few slides, I want to uh, cover uh, some of the building blocks that made uh, this integration possible. Um, so when, uh, when we looked at this integration, there are a few, few um, items. One, uh, we wanted to uh, make it possible uh, uh, so that the IVR workflow could reach out to the Lex chatbot and get uh, the hierarchy of resources, whether it was the bots, the intents, um, or the slot types. So that was one piece. Uh, second, uh, we wanted to put a permissions model in place so that this, this was done securely and, and only the IVR workflow and, and uh, uh, only, only the IVR workflow could reach out to the chatbot to, to either get the resource hierarchy or to even connect. The third piece was uh, related to uh, connecting to the Lex chatbot, and uh, this is passing uh, the audio uh, or, or the text utterances uh, to the Lex chatbot, and, and we'll talk about that. Um, the fourth area was uh, call flow execution, and uh, this is a piece where uh, you exchange information. So if you notice in, in, in Jack's demo, um, there's a point where uh, the bot is able to recognize uh, the phone number uh, and, and say that, okay, I'm not able to look you up based, based on the phone number that you're calling from. Uh, can you please provide me the registered phone number? So there's an exchange of information that happens between um, the IVR system and the chatbot. So we'll talk about that. And, and finally, um, integration with um, other services, uh, including uh, Zendesk, including Emite and, and, and Genesis. So, so those are the building blocks um, that I want, to, uh, I want to highlight. So the first one is uh, the NLU model definition. Um, a quick note about Lex. The way Lex uh, arranges or, or um, uh, keeps, uh, defines the, the resources is uh, as part as a hierarchy. So you have a hierarchy where you have bots that contain intents, and then the intents contain the slots. Um, so when you uh, want to populate these uh, resources into a IVR workflow, uh, the way you do it is again through a hierarchy of calls. So you start off with a uh, get bots call uh, to get a list of all the bots in that account. Uh, that's followed by a get intents call to get uh, a list of all the intents inside that bot. And finally, a get intent call to get a list of all the resource, uh, resources, including slots, in that intent. So uh, that's, that's what you do to, to get um, all, all the resources transferred to the IVR workflow. Now, this is really uh, uh, useful because uh, depending on which intent was triggered, whether it was a create new intent or the emergency intent, uh, you, you would have a different way of routing that flow, that, that, that call into the flow. Maybe it goes to a low priority queue if it is just uh, updating a ticket, but it's a high priority queue if, if it is an emergency intent. So th those, those are the, uh, uh, that, that's, that's, the, that's the logic that you have to consider at, at this point. Next, um, the permissions model uh, to, make, to make this possible. So uh, when you're accessing uh, the Lex chatbot, it should only be the IVR workflow account that should be allowed to do so. How, how, do, you, how do you accomplish that? Um, so you set up an IAM role, uh, which allows uh, the IVR workflow account as a trusted entity uh, to access the Lex chatbot in a read-only mode. And uh, we have granular, granular access for all our APIs, which makes this possible. And, and once uh, you have um, you've defined that IAM role uh, as the first step, the second step is to, to make sure you deny access to everyone else. And, and that's, uh, that's the uh, permissions policy that you're setting up. And finally, you, you uh, test this role using uh, something like uh, AWS STS Assume role, where you, you test um, that the configuration that you set up is, in, is indeed what is happening. So uh, this is the IVR acceptance piece, or the permissions policy piece. Um, the, the third uh, area here is connecting to the Lex chatbot. Um, now with Lex, we've made it really easy uh, to connect uh, to the HTTP endpoint and send audio. So you don't have to uh, convert uh, speech to text separately and then send the text uh, to a chatbot. You can just use a single uh, API, which is the post content API, uh, to uh, send across the audio. Uh, Lex will parse it, convert it into text, and, and provide the response. So uh, what you see here um, 
is, is, uh, is actually what goes on the wire. Uh, we uh, also provide SDKs, so you, you're uh, kept away from, from even this complexity uh, of, of uh, the request and the response. On the way back, uh, when the bot responds, you want to convert it to uh, voice. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is the integration with Amazon Poly, uh, where uh, the text response is converted into speech response. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's what you see here, uh, where one of the voices is selected on the Lex dashboard. The fourth area, uh, which, is, which I think is, is uh, fairly important, is exchange of information. Um, and like I mentioned, uh, in, in Jack's demo, um, the phone number was the one that was being transferred from the IVR to the Lex chatbot. Um, and that's what you see here as, uh, as the phone number uh, highlighted over here. Um, so uh, the phone number is transferred as, as, as a session attribute uh, to the Lex chatbot. Uh, think of session attributes as um, uh, out-of-band data. Uh, if you were to use web terminology, they're almost like web cookies, where you can use them to transfer uh, information uh, between the client and the server side. Um, on the way back, again, uh, you can use session attributes. In, in, uh, in the call flow that uh, Jack executed, uh, you had the ticket number, uh, which was being transferred from the bot back to the IVR workflow. So uh, really useful. Uh, we have session attributes today. Uh, also, we have something called request attributes. It's not uh, used as part of this demo, but uh, uh, the difference between session attributes and request attributes is session attributes are persisted at every turn of the conversation, whereas request attributes are not persisted or not stored. So for uh, somewhat more sensitive information, you might want to use request attributes. Uh, both session and request attributes can be encrypted and can be decrypted uh, based on uh, keys of your choice. So that's, uh, that's something to keep in mind. And uh, finally, uh, integration with other services. So Lex natively integrates with uh, AWS Lambda, and through Lambda, you can integrate easily with other services, uh, AWS services as well as non-AWS services. So uh, one of the examples is uh, you can integrate with CloudWatch, you can integrate with DynamoDB, on the AWS side, um, uh, in, in the broader ecosystem, you can integrate with the CRM software, uh, for example, with uh, Zendesk, uh, and, and that's how we integrated with uh, eMite uh, as well. So that uh, brings us to the end of uh, our uh, presentation. Uh, we'll open it up for Q&A, but uh, very quickly, um, what I wanted to summarize this as uh, with Lex and Pure Cloud. Uh, the contact center workflow is really simplified. Uh, we are bringing artificial intelligence uh, to uh, in the hands of uh, all the developers. Uh, human touch is uh, critical with AI. Uh, Jack, you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I think, you know, as you saw, we wanted to be able to integrate AI along with human touch. So you need to be able to have both those solutions be able to hand off seamlessly to each other. You know, we see lots of value in that. Yes. And uh, we have a few resources online if, you, uh, if you'd like to review them offline. Uh, or if you have any questions, please let us know. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Questions, uh, comments, any thoughts? Questions? I can't see anybody. All right. All right, in any case, we are, yes. Sorry, what's the question? Yes. Uh, so the question is, uh, can we uh, integrate with other languages? So currently, Lex supports only US English. And that's, that's, that's the one here. Yeah, so uh, UK English is pretty high on our priorities. And that's something that they're planning on 2018. Yes. English. I think there's a question over there. Oh. Sorry? Okay, the question is, is Lex HIPAA compliant? So uh, currently, Lex is not HIPAA compliant. Uh, that's something that we are looking into as well. Uh, so we store the data on our systems. Yeah, but uh, with, with Lex, you're always in control uh, of your data. If you, if you choose to, you can delete the data. There's a couple questions over here. Yes. Yep. 
an audio. Yeah, we get an audio stream back, and that's what we play out. So it's actually streaming when it's talking to Lex because it's using the poly. And then uh, I didn't mention it, but up there, if you notice, we're actually using poly too on our side. So we have some integration there to be able to feed that back and get the uh, audio files from poly. It's purely APIs, yes. Yep. Right. Any other questions? There's one. As partners, Lex, can you provide your own audio prompts? Yes. So there's uh, there's a way to do that. So uh, with Lex, you can do a combination of uh, speech in and text out. So we support all the four combinations. So to, to accomplish something like what you what you just described, you would do speech in and text out, and the, you take the text and feed it to your own text to speech yep. um, uh, engine, uh, which is which different from Poly. Yeah. So like we could have on our side, we could have actually just taken the text, and we have a, a TTS engine we could have fed that into if we wanted to, but we wanted to keep the voice consistent. Correct. We wanted to keep the voice consistent. So it didn't change. That's why we use the poly voice there. But we could have fed it into any third, you know, any TTS engine, or even recorded prompts for that matter. Yes. When it's going through Lex. Yes. And on the Lex side, uh, we don't have budget capabilities yet, but uh, we are planning to uh, support a feature uh, in, in the early 2018, where uh, something like like that would be possible. Good. Yes. So, so uh, one way to do that would be uh, uh, we we monitor the state of the dialogue, and if the dialogue state is uh, failed, meaning Lex is not able to recognize it, then you can uh, transfer the call. To, to a human operator. There wouldn't be any capability for it to not specifically register as it as one of the classified intents, but still somehow pull the logs out of it. If it's supposed to be working or if it's something that matches in some way other slots that you've had elsewhere, but it doesn't necessarily match this classified intent. Yeah. So uh, currently, we have something called error handling, which will play a prompt, but it will not transfer the call. Uh, to uh, let's say a different uh, uh, different part of the workflow, uh, we are working on a feature uh, where, uh, as part of error handling, we'll call a lambda function. Once we have that, the lambda function can do exactly what you're saying: uh, transfer the call. It doesn't seem to be showing up there, but you know. So I don't know if you saw when we pulled ours over, it automatically creates a failure intent underneath there, so that if Lex does provide that failure back, you can then route. So like in ours. If it fails, it either routes to a human agent or to an old IVR call flow. There you go. 
Yeah, so there you can see the failure there at the far right, so it automatically maps one of those, so to your point on the default, so that way you can then take that anywhere you wanted to. So currently, it's only access to the uh, the text, but uh, we are we are planning to do a feature where uh, you'd be able to export the user utterances to an external data store such as S3. It's hairpin through our media services. Correct. Yep. We have a question over here. You've been trying to ask a question for a while. So this will go beta at the beginning of the year for customers that want to try it out early. Uh, and then we'll be coming out sometime in Q1 as GA. Right, Dev? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We do a beta, which is a you know kind of very test at your own will, and then we do what's called a limited availability, which means it's pretty stable. There's a couple known bugs. We'll let you know, and then you can use it. So, um, and that link that was up there, if you go to Genesis site, you can sign up, and we'll actually be sending out a copy of the video configuration files. We're going to do kind of a best practices based on some of our learnings from setting this up, because you know we definitely learned a lot as going through this and kind of putting it together to guide our customers to it. Awesome. Oh. For integration to Lex, um, we're starting off with Peer Cloud, you know, cloud to cloud. Uh, they'll definitely be looking from uh, the Peer Engage side on creating an adapter. Um, they use a lot of uh, MGCP today, so they need to be able to do the rest calls on it. Thanks, everyone.